Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I'm Alexander Rossi uh, here with Tim. Um, Tim. Yeah, no, uh, no Hinch this week. No it's Hinch just Off Track week. with Rossi. I like that. Can we make this a permanent situation? Uh, I, I don't want it to be permanent. No, he's you way hate better than I am. To yeah. It's not good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, James is uh, taking a much-needed vacation up in Toronto with, with the family um, after what's been a crazy six weeks, really. Yeah. Since the month of May. Yeah, you finally got a week off. Finally got a week off, and I have to spend it with you. So well, <laughs> it's not really a week off anymore, is it? You're welcome. I I'm flew back home just for you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been kind of crazy. And the last episode we did was the Carb Day live show. So we haven't even recapped. We haven't talked about the 500. We haven't talked about Detroit, Road America. Oh boy. Um, we haven't? No. Great. Got a, got a lot of silver. Yeah. Got a lot of second places in there. Yeah. What's, uh, you just didn't feel like winning anything? What's going on? You know, the, the media <laughs> afterwards is really annoying. You, know, you got a lot of like people you got to talk to. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So going back to Indy, uh, yeah. It, it just right. boiled down to we we just didn't have enough at the end. Yeah. I mean, uh, Simon was on pole. He led over half the race, over half of a 500-mile race, so he was a, a dominant car, and um, we put ourselves in a good position there at the end, but he was just... He was just quicker. I mean, their car was quicker. Uh, yes, when I won the race in 2016, uh, I did not have the fastest car. Um, so, so now I kind of understand everyone's kind of frustration because <laughs> I've had what I think has been the quickest car kind of in 17 and, and 19 um, and haven't been able to get it done. So it sucks. Every year yeah. that goes by that you don't win uh, really makes you angry. Yeah. I'm becoming a bitter person. <laughs> or uh, even more bitter, I guess I should say. So then, uh, then Detroit for the doubleheader, you had like two pretty solid, solid results. Yeah. Made up a lot of ground in points there. Yeah. Um, so we qualified on pole for, for race one, um, and the, the track was, was wet to start, and kind of Scott and I were, were controlling the race for, for the first half, and then when the transition came from, from wet to dry tires, um, Joseph Joseph pitted before us and, and got a yellow that he needed, so uh, lost lost track position to him, um, and ended up finishing second. And then for race two, we qualified on pole in our group again, but I was the first group, not the second, so it ended up being Joseph and I on the front row again. And um, bit of a weird race, a lot a lot of yellows, yeah, a lot of cautions. So kind of were, we were in a position to be kind of fighting for the win, and then we were like barely in the top 10 and then we kind of finished up in the top five um chaotic kind of incident there with james joseph and myself yeah um, anything any, anything to say on that no i mean i'm just glad that i was able to get out of it to be honest yeah. i mean it was a it was a pretty dicey situation down there the three of us uh going for the position in in a narrow low grip corner obviously joseph and, and james came out of it worse than i did so 
Um, yeah, I think your radio was woo. I was pretty excited, yeah, because I knew, I, yeah, I knew Joseph was out, so I needed that obviously yeah. for the championship. Well, yeah, you kind of lucked out on that in both ways. So Joseph won one, and then DNF the other, and Dixon won the other, and DNF'd the the so. Because he, he wrecked in the first Detroit, right? He did. Yeah. yeah. So points-wise, you kind of came out of that pretty well. With, it, it worked with, out all right. And it was kind of a little bit of like um, validation over my Detroit last year. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's like, see, everyone has one bad Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then nothing of note happened in Texas. You didn't do anything cool there. Texas was, um, was Texas. Very yeah. boring. No saves. Super nothing. sweaty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joseph won again. <laughs> So that was cool. I mean, but save of the race, I guess. How, like that's that was ridiculous. Yeah, no, it was. <laughs> it was. Um, I'll be honest. Like I was, I was pretty. We were maxed out. Kind of the, the car we went with um, was super aggressive, and you know it 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 was good in different phases of the race. And we were really expecting the end of the race to be like the most grip on the track. Yeah, we were expecting it to be when you need the most aggressive car. And, and for whatever reason, it, it didn't really work out to be that Yeah, way. you guys didn't, it didn't look it like you could do anything with that outside bit, line. Yeah. And um, so I was kind of in a top two, top three position. And then Colton got around me and I was really struggling with balance. And so I was kind of at that point, just content in a way to, to, to bring it home. And then um, Colton got a little ambitious in my opinion. And uh, him and Scott had had yeah. an incident, and then I was right there, so had to had to get around it, and it was fortunate we were able to, and so then it kind of just set up a fight between Joseph and I, um, but he he had track position, which was key. It's key on all super speedways, unfortunately, right now in IndyCar, and he also had eleven laps newer tires, so uh, I I tried a couple times, but ultimately it was going to be a low, pretty low percentage move to try and get anything done, so had to settle for. Bridesmaid once again. So, uh, it's <laughs> well, at least you didn't have to do any of that. Any of that media, maybe Road America. You can there be That's fewer the reporters there. You can yeah. just go ahead and win that one. Yeah, it'd All be right. nice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and speaking of that save, our uh, guest. Should we talk about up. James's Detroit and Texas? I, I you know, and I, Indy. I feel well. Then he had a good Indy. I don't remember his Indy. How did he do? He uh, went from thirty second to twenty to eleventh, right? Oh yeah, that yeah, I mean, that's cute. <laughs> we can't all we can't all go through the entire field like Alex right, or us, okay. you know. Um, no, he had a good indie. He had, he was uh, he was all right in Detroit, I think. I mean, I talked to him afterwards. He was pretty happy with the car and, and the pace. And yeah, I mean, his problem. It seems like they just they've had a lot of bad luck, but the car and he, he seemed faster than they were this this last season. Oh, for sure. It's for the, sure. You know, on paper it's looking worse, but I think the team how they've done is better. Hundred percent. And just, I think in Texas he was he was on for. For sure, a podium. Yeah. Um, until the lap cars uh, got him. Lap cars are a big problem. We need yeah. To, we need to uh, change that <laughs> somehow. I guess I need to throw more things at people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was. Uh, hey, by the way, your tweet to Serbia. That was. <laughs> Did you like that? Yeah. Uh, have has anything else come from that? Um, he he. We actually ran into each other at brunch in Texas. I was with James. And um, he tried, that's like the he tried least, to be like nice. That's the least cool place to have like a like a badass showdown with somebody. Like you never hear about anybody throwing down at brunch over pancakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we did not throw down. He he tried to be like kind, and I wasn't. Okay, so yeah, 
There we Alex are. Rossi being a dick. No way. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a pretty cool guest, so I'm, I'm excited. And uh, yeah. So yeah, he'll, he'll be on next. Uh, but before we get to that. And now a word from our sponsor. Alex and I are both happy to have made Indianapolis our home, which is why we're thrilled to support a product made right here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Not only is Barkeep's Friend an incredible product, it's also chlorine-free, VOC-free, and made with recycled materials. Plus, plus, there's more, guys. With their micro-scrubbing particles, Barkeep's Friend won't damage what you're cleaning. So when you're done, your tools are really good as new. So as someone who's a bit of a neat freak... A bit? Fair. As someone who's an obsessive neat freak, even, <clears throat> I swear by the stuff, I use it almost every room of the house, whether it's the kitchen or the gym. Why would you have to clean your gym? You never use it. Uh, don't, forget, don't forget the garage. This might not come as a surprise to you all, but Alex and I are kind of into cars. And we know you need the best tools to keep your cars, or in some cases, go-karts, working their best. And nothing does a job better at keeping those tools clean than Barkeeper's Friend. Absolutely. Barkeeper's Friend, once tried, always new. Um, so, how you been, man? Uh, not, not too bad. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, that's enough out of you. Uh, <laughs> so we have, a, we have a good guest here with us. Um, and by good guests, I mean we were just kind of thinking of people that we knew in Indianapolis because Tim didn't do any um, actual preparation in terms of lining up guests on, for I this show. I was yesterday. I got delayed. I didn't have a pilot. You had to go get margarita mix. Yeah, I had to get margarita mix. Yeah. yeah, I forgot I sent that on Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. What's funny is you <laughs> sent that on Snapchat, then you send a picture of coffee and a cup that looks like a margarita, no, and you say, you say it. Ha- that was my lemon water in the morning to get over the hangover from all the margaritas. Got it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So getting back to our guest, uh, it's actually someone very near and dear to James and I's hearts. Um, we have a love-hate relationship with him because he puts us through hell uh, away from the racetrack. It is our uh, trainer, Jim Leo of Pitha Training. What's up? Hello, Alex, Tim. Great to meet you or Thanks see for you. Coming on. Thanks. Yeah. No problem. You actually met Tim for the first time in in Long Beach, right? This yeah, year? I was walking with my wife down uh, pit lane, very narrow pit lane, and trying to traverse a crowd. And after a session, uh, I think that you probably led. Or Hope so. Something. Yeah. Um, and this. Uh, Stocky fellow with floppy was hair. Was he in a race suit at this point? Came, yeah, came running yeah. up behind me in a in a race suit, and I just stopped. Uh, my and wife, thought, wow, my, Marco Andretti. My, my wife just, I think she started to run <laughs> out of fear, and he said politely, "Mr. Leo, um, you know my mom," which oh. was super awkward. Really? How did your wife take that? Well, it, it took some it took some margaritas that night to get through some that. <laughs> explain that, and, uh, and he says, "I'm Tim Tim Durham," and I said, "Oh, great!" And you know, I've super. done some work with his, but immediately he said, "I don't normally wear a race Marco Andretti's race suit," <laughs> so it was very awkward. And he's and he's, I think you might have been wearing flip flops. I don't even. I think it was yeah, probably Converse or something. Yeah, stupid. you yeah. look like someone who had just stolen a race suit from a mechanic <laughs> and was running around impersonating somebody. And of course, you That's chose not that far off. And you chose you, you chose someone that probably doesn't look like you, 
is in the same size. So for the listeners that don't know what was happening, why were you in a race suit? I was doing the video where I was Marco Andretti's body double for the weekend. Oh. Which we can, uh, I can post okay. the off-track yeah. Twitter account. So I saw that video. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, Mario was the best part of that yeah, video. Yeah, by far. And his commentary um, about his love and affection for you, <laughs> but also his advice for driving a race car. Mario, so we were all kind of nervous about getting him on board for that. We weren't sure if like he was going to go for it. And then they pitched it to him where it was like, oh, this will be funny. Maybe you'll be the one person that knows that it's not Marco and, like, you call it out. And he goes, no, it's way funnier if I am completely fooled and think this is my grandson the whole time. But the thing was, the entire weekend, and still now, he still calls me Marco whenever he sees me. <laughs> like, no cameras on, not in a fire suit. Hey, Marco. Like, he's, it's. Do you think that's like a medical condition? <laughs> I don't know what it, I like it. It's, yeah. uh, you know, it, it makes it, I enjoy it, but it's, uh, it's. So, so there was one thing in that video that I thought was a little bit like borderline, and I'm really surprised <laughs> they let it fly. Was, yeah, I even fill in for Marco and drive sometimes. <laughs> I drove for him in Detroit once. Yes. I qualified for him. Qualified, in yeah. Here's the thing that was Marco's joke. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, oh, I, All right. He came up there with you go. He goes, You should take credit for my poll. Um, all right, so Jim, so getting back to anyway. you, so how many guys, I mean, I know that there's like at least four or five IndyCar drivers yeah. um, that come in uh, to, to your facility. How many clients do you have total now? And does it expand beyond IndyCar drivers? Yeah, we, we've, you know, we, we have, I think we're best known for IndyCar drivers because that's the ones that people seem to, you know, the big celebrities. The most all, Instagram followers. The most Instagram yeah. followers, that's true. Oh, but, Connor works out here? Uh, Connor works out. Uh, ne- negative, that negative goes right. No to both. <laughs> so uh, we, you know, we had I think ten or eleven at the five hundred, and then we normally have around seven regular IndyCar drivers, um, and then um, uh, we have a lot of drivers in other series, whether it's the Road to Indy, whether it's NHRA. Um, we have uh, some some interaction in NASCAR karting junior formula series so you know we we and then we have an online program that has drivers from everything from porsche club of america super trofeo to um just all sorts of series so it's really diverse it's just words much more well known for guys like you so to the casual person that's not a race car driver can can someone come in here like if they listen to this episode i mean can normal humans like just your nine to fivers as opposed to, to abnormal humans yeah. like like tim normal like tim. humans let's yeah. be honest i'm not joining the gym right now not... <laughs> yeah yeah we, we we actually have a a, a semi-private membership that we work with people um, of all shapes and sizes um on a program and so they come in and it's not like your uh general gym where you walk and you have no idea what you're doing um Everybody that walks in gets a program. They have an app they follow. They get to use the gym, you know. So, yeah, we do have that membership program for the average person and, you know, pretty decent number of people. I just – we don't do a really good job of promoting that. Right. I think people are a little intimidated or they feel like they're not allowed to come in here because – Alex Rossi works out here, or James Hinchcliffe works out here. And it's, it's more that Scott Dixon works out or here. Or Scott Dixon honest. works out here. I mean, I'm afraid to come in when he's here. So. <laughs> so, I was yeah. worried I'd see him in the parking lot. It's like, yeah. oh, it's just Veach. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah so it, it's, yeah, we have a, you know, uh, we're known known for our drivers, but we do a lot of uh, uh, other things as well. And how does one get involved? I mean, what was like your, how did you 
found this company? Like, what was the the mindset or the epiphany that you had that this was a hole in the market that needed to be kind of filled? Um, blind faith, stupidity. Uh, Most not, people that get involved in motorsports, not are knowing stupid, anything so. different. Yeah. Um, young and dumb. I just started off. Um, working as a, a wellness coordinator for Roger Penske and just casually asked to work with the IndyCar team when they would come in town for the Detroit Grand Prix. Um, that led to a connection with uh, um, asking Roger if I could train the team in Reading, Pennsylvania. Um, he yep. agreed. I would fly there monthly and work with the pit crew, designed a gym, and didn't really work with the drivers. And uh, at the time, I, I, I had no idea, you know, what I should do because nobody was nobody was doing this. The only people that were doing this were like over in F1. You had guys like uh, Tony Lama, who was a Mercedes trainer uh, that actually Dario worked with, um, or Tony Mathis. Sorry, Tony Mathis. And there just wasn't anything out there. And I know this is a weird concept for the eight, you guys' ages, but the internet really wasn't quite there right. yet, early '90s, sure. so you couldn't research stuff. So were I, IndyCar drivers or car drivers, they weren't really training? No. Really? No. There Even was, in the late 90s? Well, here's what happened. So you had guys like Bobby Rahal, who was, you know, thicker. Yeah. Um, AJ Foyt. I mean, even Mario was just Michael. Like, none of these guys trained. And it just, I, I don't know why, Alan Jr., you know, um, didn't train. So they weren't doing it. But then... Right around 96, 97, guys started coming over like, you know, Zanardi, yep. and Mark Blundell, and Guzelman, and Jill DeFerrin, and all these F1 guys, <laughs> and they were like super fit. Right. And they started just kicking the shit out of, can I say that on this? Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll bleep it, but it's all good. Okay, kicking the tail of, <laughs> of the, the, the American drivers, or the rest of the drivers. And so, you know, they just basically, because they were raised on it. I mean, Senna kind of was the guy that, kickstarted the whole thing right. about fitness and you know every team and had Schumacher a physio Schumacher yeah. and every team you know McLaren had a team of guys and every and in America they just didn't it was still viewed as just a bunch of cigarette smoking um, partiers and you know like NASCAR I kind of was at the time and so these guys started coming over here and kicking ass and um, suddenly there was an interest in it and at the time I started working with um, PacWest Racing at the time and they had they hired me full time, first time full time physio in IndyCar or whatever it was at the time, and they right away were like, so you know who's our physio? So they sought me out, began doing it, and then um, there was just success and, and just grew and grew from there. So I just just you know I think the biggest thing is relationships. Yep. You just you meet people, you remember them, you it's something new. They're looking for the advantage, and it just so happened that. You know, I didn't work with Alex Zanardi directly, but he was doing really, really well, and he was super fit. Um, and, and just you started seeing the difference between, you know, Jimmy Vassar won the championship one year, but then Alex, and he, Alex was right on his heels. And the next year, because Jimmy, not really the fittest guy, didn't really take it that serious. And then Alex was super fit and started kicking ass. And it right. just was like, oh, my gosh, we got to do this. So everybody started training for the most part. And some did, some didn't, but they just, you know, that's how it started. And now it's like, everybody does for sure i mean i think it's it's amazing how much of a of the kind of job description it is now and so for the people that don't know you know we talk about fitness all the time we talk about <clears throat> there's pictures on on the internet and videos and everything but 
it's very hard for me to explain without having a kind of a background in human physiology or whatever. So why do we need to be fit? Mm-hmm. And then what is like the kind of three key areas um, that it, that kind of differentiates a race car driver from, you know, a... Uh, Podcast producer. No, no, like an, another <laughs> yeah. athlete, like, no, a, no. Like, a, like a basketball player. Yeah. Right? Like what's the... Um, large motorcycles out front wow. for some reason. Yeah. Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, this fight with Justin Bieber. So... Uh, <laughs> What was the question again? <laughs> uh, so why why do race car drivers uh, need to be fit? Yeah. And what are the, like the three things that are specific to us that are different from like a basketball player? Well, I, I mean, it's a good question. And I think, you know, the, the, the argument for many, many years with what I was doing, and I would get this every time I do a workshop or I would speak or something, there'd always be somebody who would say, you know, well, what about Tony Stewart? Or, you right. know, what about... Um, um, you know, AJ Foyt or what I mean, about JPM? Yeah. Yeah. Mont- actually Montoya, they're like yeah. these guys aren't fit at all and they almost still stay, win and they still win yeah. races. And you know, it's a valid question, but, uh, my, my argument to them always was maybe they would have won more, you know, maybe Juan would have been multi world champion. Maybe mm-hmm. he would have done more if he had just taken that next step and gone that, that direction. Tony Stewart may have won more races i you know i don't know um and the reason i mean really it's 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 physical you know the argument is well they're just driving around you know the driving on a track it's not that Mm -hmm. physical um there's a lot of adrenaline basically that that keeps the heart rate up there's a lot of physical stress um visually mentally it's an overload of stress um sensory input it depends on what series you're driving, but you know, IndyCar is very physical. You have to be very strong, unlike say Formula One or or NASCAR. Really, most series have power steering. IndyCar, you've got to be strong. I mean, you've got to beef up. Um, but then in Formula One, you know, you have amazing neck strength that's necessary. It's not as critical in IndyCar as it is in Formula One. I mean, you you know that. Right. It's very different. Um, there's obviously there's heat stress is not as much of an element, but there's there's all this you know elevated heart rate and muscular stress and sensory input and having to do all these things oh oh yeah and you're driving 200 miles an hour right and so for me the biggest thing i look at is i have nothing against those that train basketball players or they work with football players or hockey players you know that's 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 great and there's a lot of them but every time one of those athletes has an issue i mean kevin durant you know Durant tore his Achilles tendon last night. Oh, wow. Okay. It's sad, but he'll get better and he'll right. play basketball again. You know, we've had incidents where people um, have really bad accidents sure. and they die. Right. And that doesn't really happen that often in these other sports. And so, you know, my view is that what we do is basically protect you guys. I mean, sure. as, as cool as it is to say, oh, wow, here's this really cool thing that – you know, this guy um, does on the track, you know, you win the Indy 500 or you win a championship or, or you know, all these cool things. Um, there's, we train to do those things. You know, we train your reactions. We train your strength. We train your endurance, cognitive skills, um, you know, all these areas we work on. And from the outside looking in, it's basically like, oh, well, this is to make them more successful as a race car driver. But every single one of those things makes you a safer race car driver. 
So you look at, for example, we'll use you as a great example, a video circulating all over the internet about your crazy ass miraculous save at Texas mm -hmm. when Scott and Colton, both our drivers that crashed out, which was a kind of a bummer moment. Sure. Um, you made that miraculous aversion or avoidance of yeah. that crash. I mean, you don't even know how you did it, right. but we work on drill specifically to work on your, enhance your reaction to circumstances like that and speed. Right. And that's just something that if maybe another driver would have just driven smashed right into them. Um, and so that right there is, there's one reason. James's crash where he was injured um, a couple years ago, you know, Dr. Pullman said his fitness and his amazing core strength probably saved his life. Uh, Robbie's accident, you know, who obviously is still recovering and, you know, is on the road back, but he said that many times. This, like, his body withheld that stress that where others may not have withheld. So for us, it's a matter of, we just, even if you do get hurt, you come back faster, maybe you don't get hurt as much, that kind of a thing. So that that's that's not the sexy part. Right. That doesn't sell magazines, that kind sure. of a thing. But for us, that's how we wake up and every morning and do what we do. I mean, that's something similar to really Tim. I mean, he has to wake up, walk down the stairs <laughs> to his sofa. I know. Where he I spends know. the day. Um, that was kind of a... I've been, I've been working out. That was kind of a I somber topic I was yeah. throwing on there. We need to lighten it up a little bit. Have you? Yeah, I've, Good I've job. been swimming and rowing. Good. All well, right. I mean, you're obviously strong because you had a lot of no trouble at all getting inside of our door. <laughs> for, I, I was worried that for the, it, was, for, it was a little jammed. I was like, am I going to break it? For is the listeners out there, we're all sitting in this conference room and we can see the front door and Tim's lugging all of his equipment and all of a sudden Alex just lugging starts yelling. Lugging equipment meaning he That's has a, a backpack yeah, on. A ba a back he and, made it sound better. You know, at least yeah. he made me sound cooler. No. And, and all I hear is this, <laughs> pull. Well, it cool. was like a little bit, it was a little resistant, it's, so I was like, it, I don't want to break it. It's what a if little it's like sticky door. Button, and, uh, yeah, I didn't... Okay. All right, Tim, well, do you have any questions here? Well, okay, I want to touch on a couple of the things, because, okay. yeah, we did all see your save in Texas, and one of the things when I'm, when I'm introducing somebody to the sport that doesn't know a lot, they, they are impressed by the fact that you guys don't have power steering. Sure. So on something like that, what is what is the strength? How, what does it take to turn a wheel like in that type of situation? Um, so I know the steering load at Texas is pushing 40 foot pounds of torque, so, but I don't know what that equates to in, in like a weight. So, so okay. I can't answer your question. <laughs> so like specifically to train for that, like, right. do you take like a big weight and turn it like a steering wheel? Is it? We created our own machine. Okay. So we created a special kind of a steering machine with weights on it that we can load and uh, we put lights on it so it's a reaction it's you, people have probably seen it on Instagram and stuff it's pretty cool so we designed that and had that built for mm -hmm. us and so that that simulates you know you can turn the wheel in a sports or in a, a road car and there's power steering so to yeah. to avoid something it, the input there's really not a whole lot there but not only is he having to react amazingly fast faster than we can even comprehend but there's also load on that so yeah. it's not just a matter of being fast it's a matter of being strong mm. so you might take a circumstance like that and a driver let's say you know formula one drivers i'm amazed at their their reaction and reflex have to be amazing like it blows me away that that to me is stunning how fast that sport is but they possibly wouldn't have that same level of strength if those cars had power steering they yeah. may not be able to perform it as quick yeah. So, you know, that Alex is super strong and he's got super fast reactions. And I think the combination of those two things, you know, and his awareness of what's going on um, certainly helped. All right. 
And then I, I know on Instagram everybody sees like the reflex board where you yeah. get the light panels going up. I mean, is that something you guys designed for yourself? Is that something that's been around? I obviously don't spend a ton of time in the gyms, so yeah, every 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 gym has one. every every Planet Fitness has one of those, and you walk in nine dollars a month. No, that that you know that the, the thing about what we do, and I think that's kind of helped us over the course of twenty odd years. You know, uh, and, and I've seen the growth of other. Um, uh, individuals now it's pretty commonplace to see there's more trainers and organizations doing what we do that you know which are, which is great it just helps everybody learn but most everybody else who would be involved in this they do racing as part of their program whereas for us it's the main part of our program which means we eat live poop I can say that <laughs> sleep say we just yeah leave, um, you know we think about poop? this no, we're not believing poop. I'm saying he could have said and we just believe oh, okay. okay. So this is all we think about. So like when we look at a circ we look at a piece of equipment that, you know, for example, the synaptic sensory station. It isn't something that we created. It's a twenty thousand dollar piece of equipment that we paid for. Mm -hmm. But we found that through strobe glasses and the connection and all this, and then, you know, you look at it and say, Wow, how can this work in our in our system? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, boom, let's do it. Um, and we see that a lot. We see a lot of stuff out there that is not, there's very little equipment made for what we do. Yeah. We just adapt it and yeah. we use it in a way for the most part, like no one else is doing it. And do you think that's what kind of separates yourself away from other facilities that train race car drivers is, is the kind of visual and reaction side of things? I think that's, that's become, you know, cause there's only so many things that you can do in the weight room. I mean, right. you're, you know, okay, you lift weights and you, you work on these muscles and, and there's probably people that um, in short amount of time could learn what we do with a, maybe a better conditioning background and, and do some of the same things that we're doing. Because it's just, you know, it's trial and error. Um, I think when you start taking the pieces of it and you add in the, the, the cognitive training, the visual training, that is something that we've been doing for a long time. And, and now it's the technology is growing. And so we're at the forefront of trying to find out whatever we can use to make it better for the drivers. And uh, yeah, I think in our single-minded focus, you know, we don't, we're not big into the stick and ball side of things. Right. Um, we can do that, but it's really, it'll, it'll take us away from what our, our no, goals I've seen, are. I've seen the people in here, myself included, whenever there's balls or um, stuff being thrown around, the <laughs> lack of capability yeah. is yeah. shocking. It's, it is, it is, it is pretty sad. Like you can it tell. Is so embarrassing. Who, what, I, I do remember at one point uh, we were at Marco's and uh, they, everybody went over to play basketball and James and Marco came back grinning ear to ear. And I was like, what, what's up? They go, we found something Dixon's bad. Oh, <laughs> like everybody was so excited. Yeah. That yeah. It was there's, terrible there's, there, there's no skill whatsoever <laughs> uh, in that. Honestly, which is amazing because people think, oh, hand-eye coordination, is like <laughs> yeah. not the same. Or you, you, we play ping pong, and I mean, he's Alex isn't I'm he's horrible. horrible at it. Dixon's horrible at it. Kanan is like a phenom. He does the whole pen holding upside down paddle thing. Spencer Piggott's good, but you're good at tennis, right? You know, and there's just everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, but you know, for the for the most part, they're athletes in the race car, and then everything they do outside of the race car is to make them better in the race car. That, that makes any sense. Or just not do it. Yeah. Or just not, not, not do, do ball sports. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's you a, know, another fact, I think you don't know this about Alex. Alex Rossi was the first recipient 
of Here the Tony Tony Renna Memorial Scholarship. And dear Lord, that, that would have been oh five ish. It had to be because yeah. we lost him we'll in 03. Yeah. He was the first recipient, and I have photos to prove it. Um, yeah, we can uh, get. These, usually, we'll post these on our Instagram. We can get photos later. Um, <laughs> but I, I remember sitting upstairs in the office at my parents' house as a fourteen-year-old, and like you know, my dad. Yeah. So the level of detail that went into that application, like, yeah, I, I guarantee far surpassed anything. It else was. You came across your we had we had a list of criteria, and one not just on racing, and uh, they had to have community service grades. Uh, references, job, whatever. And I it was almost like I was getting an MBA from Harvard's <laughs> resume. And everyone else's was handwritten, and it was kind of this. I got this resume, and we had a point system. It was, I, it was probably like certified delivery, yeah, like FedEx. Peter, and I'm not kidding. We, we had a point system from zero to 100. And the only 100 in the history of that scholarship was Alex Rossi. And I got the pictures, and I'm just like, this kid is either full of shit, <laughs> or he is God's oh. gift to racing, and um, bit of both. He's a bit of both, <laughs> and, and and that was a long, long, long time ago. And uh, and here we are, years later. Here we are. He's, you know, it's all come full he's, circle. He's conquered everything. He conquered Formula One, and, and I don't and, know that I conquered. And now, he's, <laughs> and now he's over here. But yeah, Alex, we've had a history, and I have some really good photos. I'll show yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely get those. They're they're, they're pretty good. Any embarrassing ones, I'll put up on our Instagram. All right. Well, on that note, uh, thank you, Jim. I appreciate your time. No problem. Um, as we'll always. post those pictures on our. Uh, I think we'll post those pictures. We'll give them to Tim, and you can you can put them out there of Alex. Well, thanks for coming up. No problem. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to add producer Tim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Tim. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.